Good morning, everybody. So, were you saying it's not the 12th, it's the 15th? Okay, all right, good deal. All right, welcome, everybody. Good morning. God bless you. We started out with technical problems for the day, and I was going to say we're still having them, but fortunately not. Um, we're starting a new series this morning. I, you know, I, um, you ever find a scripture that you just kind of like, you know, you just kind of want to keep reading it over and over again, and uh, it's just like you want to camp out at that scripture. Well, that's what happened to me with Psalm 103, and you know, I just started reading it. It really spoke to me, and I read it over and over again, and then I memorized it, and then all of a sudden I saw a teaching on it that I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. It was by Robert Morris from Gateway, and it's a five-week series. I want to just share it with you. Um, incredible, incredible uh, just breakdown of this message, and uh, before we get into the Word this morning, I want to pray, and I uh, want to just thank God for being here this morning. Thank Him for, uh, for being in our in our midst this morning during our worship time, Lord, the word that has already been spoken. Pray that uh, you would anoint the word. Your word says that your Holy Spirit gives life to the word. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would give life to your word as it goes forth. Let it be life to those that hear this morning. And life-changing life, kind of that Damascus Road experience where the apostle Paul heard the word of God, but then he asked the very important question. He asked two questions. Who are you, Lord? And you responded by saying, I am Jesus of Nazareth. And the next question that he asked is the same question that every one of us in this room should ask. And that is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I say that because God wants every one of us to do something. You were created for a purpose. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, uh, I might have said this last week, and I believe this is a quote by Mark Twain, who said, the two greatest days of an individual's life is the day that you were born, and the second day is the day that you realize why. All right? And so, great quote, and uh, I pray that some of you today will realize why. All right? So, uh, we talked about, um, you guys uh, met last week, a uh, young man by the name of Ryan. Remember, we were telling his story about how he came in about three weeks ago uh, with the demon that was chasing him at the door and all of his life and, uh, you know, how in between the two doors the demon couldn't get in and um, he prayed to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We prayed deliverance over him and then the next thing he asked me, just as soon as uh, we said amen, he said, I want to get baptized. And so we're going to do baptism on June uh, the 12th. Uh, that's two weeks, I think, from today. Next week is church picnic. So uh, that's kind of casual. We call it casual Sunday, but around here I think every Sunday's casual. Um, and then uh, we've got that, uh, I was going to call it men's rafting, but it's not men's rafting. It's for anyone. Uh, June the 18th. Uh, so I uh, want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. Michael Montano has this set up, and if you want to go, uh, I, you know, all the details are out in the, uh, the lobby out there at the uh, visitor center. So, we read uh, Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Let me just stop there, there for just a second because there are benefits that we have, you know, uh, by serving the Lord. It's just like if you were hiring on, if you're going to hire on at a, a new job, you might ask your employer, you know, what, what are the benefits? Like, what's my vacation time? What's salary time? Are you offering, you know, um, um, you know, sick leave? Do you offer maternity leave? What are the benefits of me working in this place? And so the psalmist is saying, he's talking to himself, to himself, and he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. And then he begins to list them. And there's five that he talks about. He says, uh, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good, so that your life is renewed like that of the eagle. Okay? And so we're going to break that down. We're going to, it's going to be five weeks, and today we're going to talk about the first one who says that the Lord forgives all of your iniquity. And then down in Psalm 103, this is uh, verses 11 and 12, and I certainly can relate to this, and I know that you can as well. It says that he does not deal with us according to our sins. If he did, we'd all be wiped out, okay? It says, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That's Psalm 103. Now, there are three things in there that I want you to pay attention to because they all mean the same thing, but they're, they're a little bit different. He talks about... He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not repaid us according to our iniquities. And he has removed from us our transgressions. Okay, sin, iniquity, and transgression. It's all under the category of sin, but it has a little bit different meaning. And if you can walk away from here today understanding what, that, what the difference between those three are, I think it will help you in your walk with God. You know, it's like, you know, if you can just tell me what the problem is, I can fix it, or I think I can fix it, or I can work on it. But if I don't know what the problem is, you know, I don't have any, you know, I don't, there's, no, there's no chance of me, you know, uh, being able to fix it. I can't guess. If you've got an issue with me, or if you've got an issue with your employer, or, uh, you know, one of your children or your spouse, if you're not talking about it, nobody can figure it out. You know, you, we're not, you know, you just, you don't have that mental telepathy where you can just, like, you're a mind reader, and I know why you're mad at us. Sometimes we do know. I mean, we, you know, we've made mistakes, we've done things that are wrong, and we've offended people, and uh, we know what that is. But in this, in this case right here, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to break this down, you know, talking about he removes our uh, transgressions. Um, it says um, that, you know, we all sin. The Bible says that all of us have sinned, and uh, we've all missed the mark. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and when we talk about our sins, it says that um, I, I, we're getting close. I know we're not there yet, but is it too early to start talking about football? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I can tell by your attitude that it's probably not, okay? All right. So <laughs> somebody's saying yes. That's my daughter. All right. So when we talk about, you know, our sin, uh, just our common sin 
it, where the Bible says that all of us have sinned, all have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. So when we talk about just general sin, the Bible says that, that our sin, what sin is, is when we're dis disobedient to God, that he sets out the standard and we miss it and we all miss it. It's like he sets out a target and it's like a, an archer shooting for that target and he misses it. But, you know, kind of in the football terms, it's like if you were lined up and you jumped off sides. You didn't really mean to. You hadn't planned on it. You didn't want your, your team to get the penalty. So, you know, just our general sin in football terms is like someone, you know, jumping off sides. And, uh, and so we, we read here, it says in Romans uh, chapter 7, and this is a scripture that's familiar to many of you. I'm using the Living Bible today. But listen to what Paul says. He says, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. The Bible says that when you come to the Lord, that you're a new creation, that old things are passed away and all things have become new. But Paul is saying here that, you know, I love to do God's will as far as my new nature or my, my new creation is concerned. But he says, there is something, and I know that we can all identify with this, there is something deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin so that it's still with me. Now, you know, in Galatians chapter 5, it says that there's a war that goes on between our flesh and our spirit, that our spirit, remember Jesus told the disciples when they had fallen asleep and you know, they attempted to stay awake, but, you know, that this is his last night when he's in the garden. And he says to them, you know, the spirit is willing. Your spirit really is willing, but your flesh is weak. And your flesh says, oh, you don't need to pray. You don't need to read your Bible. You don't need to go to church. You know, you can just sleep in this morning. But Paul is saying that I understand this, and I understand it personally myself. He says that there is something else deep within me and my lower nature that is war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be um, God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right, but my old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Remember what he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? All right, that's something we can be grateful for. So, um, but the difference between transgression and uh, iniquity is, Transgression is, an, is, is kind of like outside. It's actually the act. Uh, iniquity is, is what's in us. It's kind of what we're bent to do. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about, you know, um, you know checking this girl out. I'm thinking about having that extra drink. We all, we've all done that. I'll just have one drink, okay? And then, you know, because I can handle it. I can handle it. And then it's like, okay, I got this under control. I can have my second one now. Yeah, because the first one, I didn't even get a buzz. I'm not, I'm not, not high, you know, it's like, it's fine. Every, you know, and so we start out like that. We start out in our heart thinking that we could do it, and then we move to the action. And um, it says that, listen to this. So transgression is the action, but iniquity is the inward thought. 
And um, Psalm 53, it's amazing how God's word is, how, how great God's word is, because he explains it so perfectly here. Um, remember, transgression is the outward, iniquity is the inward. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. It says that, listen to this, he was wounded or pierced, okay, that's outward, that was the outward, he was pierced for our transgression, but he was bruised and he was crushed, and what is a bruise? A bruise is just like, it's the inward bleeding, okay, it's something that's going on inside, it's like, you know, the, uh, you, know you get a bruise, that's, it's like, you know, blood that has come to the surface, but it hasn't come out yet. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions, that's outward. He was bruised for our iniquities, that's the inward. And the chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And all we, have gone, all we like sheep have gone astray, each one has turned to his own way. But God has laid on him, remember, um, and I've said this before, that, that when Jesus was being crucified and, and the earth, the sky turned dark from midday till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It says, and God laid on him the iniquity, all of our sin, all of our sin, our transgression, our iniquity, iniquity. God laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And it was during that time, it was like, you know, that God took all of our sin, all of the sin that's in this room, all of our yesterday sin, all of our today sin, all of our tomorrow sin, all of the sin that's in this world and placed it on his son, this perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God. And remember Jesus, the sky turned dark and, and Jesus is hanging there on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was just like there was, all of that sin was on, on him and God just kind of like, you know, just backed away and, and placed it on him. And so it's... Uh, so our iniquities really are kind of, they come from within. Uh, you know, I want to, it's kind of like in football again, it's kind of like trash talking, okay? You know, I, you, know you, can, you can do a little trash talking, you can get in somebody's face, you can get in their grill, you can be talking about them. I got a little highlight for this. All right, so are we ready for that, Jacob? Jacob, you there? All right, I can see you, okay. All right, you guys have killed the lights, and this is a, uh, one of our favorite teams right here. I want to try somebody Turn else it up. Right tackle. Not working so well right now. I don't think 64 is blocking once today. What? You had three guys helping you. I have a tough time talking trash if I had 28 yards of total offense. I'm just saying. That's an interesting strategy. Quarterback getting smoked back there. I like Drew. I don't like hitting him like that. All right. All right. All right. Cut it down right there. All right. So that's what's going on. You know, that's what's happening inside. We, 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 you know, we got this trash talking and thinking going on inside, and that's our iniquity. That's the way that you're bent. And you know, you know, you can be born. You may be born this way. That's what a lot of people say. Well, I was born this way. I was born with an anger problem. I was born with a lust problem. I was born with a porn problem. This is just the way I am. This is the way that God made me. You're right. You were born that way, and that's why the Bible says that you need to be 
born again. God needs to come in and change your heart and change your life. And so uh, when we talk about iniquity, it says, and remember verse 3, that God, it says that he, he bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. And the first benefit of knowing God is that he forgives all, all, not just part, not, not, the, not just the, the mild things that you've done, but he forgives all of your iniquity. Now listen to what Micah says. Micah began, he, he understands this. He says, who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions. Remember those words I ask you to remember. Pass, uh, uh, iniquity, uh, transgression, and sin. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his er uh, anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us and he will tread on our iniquities underfoot and you will cast, listen, all of our sin into the depth of the sea. All right? Sin, iniquity, and transgression. So iniquity is the attitude and transgression is the action. Iniquity is the attitude. It comes, it comes from within. Listen to how Jesus explained it in Matthew. He says, for out of the heart, that's the inward thought, evil thoughts and murder and fornication, it all starts there. You just don't go around and start killing people. You think about it first. You know, and it comes. It comes from anger. Remember last week we talked about uh, King Saul? And we said that King Saul started out as a disobedient person. He broke the word of God. And then his disobedience led him down this slippery slope. And, you know, he became disobedient to the Word of God. And then he, uh, the Spirit of God departs from him, and an evil spirit begins to torment him. The Spirit of God is upon David, and David begins to play the harp and kind of soothe and quiet Saul. And then they go out to battle, and they come back from battle, and the women in the streets, they blind the streets, and they're saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And it says that Saul became envious and jealous. So it started out with disobedience, and then it went to envy, and then it went to jealousy, and then it went to anger. He, you know, he despised uh, uh, David, and then he wants to kill David, and then he wants to kill his own son who's standing up for David, saying, why are you doing this? And then he can't hear from God, and he desperately needs a spiritual message in his, in his life, and he goes to the witch at Endor, and that led to depression, I believe. And all of these are consequences of sin, and he ends up taking his own life. And so it all begins, it all begins in the heart. Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts and murder, adultery and fornication, theft, false witness and blasphemies. These are the things that defile a man. And then Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, you, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. That's what the old law said. But he says, under this new covenant, under this new testament, under this new rule that I'm giving you, I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his heart with her. So it started. What he's saying is that this lust that starts in the heart, you know, if it's acted upon, if, if this thought is acted, acted upon, it will lead toward um, the, the action. The iniquity is the inward motivation, 
that will drive us toward the sin. And so, but the Bible says that, that you have been released. You and I have been released from that. We've been released from our sin and our transgression and our iniquity. That we don't have to be a slave to it anymore because of what Jesus did on the cross. He paid the price. And if he paid the price for something that you and I owe, God is a, a righteous and fair and just God. He will not charge two times for the same penalty. I mean, Jesus paid the, the price for my sin, and he paid the price for your sin. And so, and then the Bible tells us that not only does he, you know, forgive us our sin, um, and he tells us, that, it tells us that he releases us from our sin, but it also tells us that he remembers our sin no more. It's kind of like the guy that was having, you know, he's talking to his pastor, and he says, every time my wife and I get into an argument or a discussion, she gets historical. And he says, what do you mean? He, he says, you mean she, she gets hysterical. And he says, no, I mean she gets historical. She starts bringing up stuff that I did 5, 10, 15 years ago. She won't let it go. And, but the Bible says that God not only forgives our sin, but he, you know, remembers it no more. Now, I mean, we know that God is omniscient. That's a, um, you know, it's a, a word that means all-knowing, that he knows everything. So how can he forget? It doesn't say that he forgets. It says that he chooses to not remember. I mean, when I'm remembering something, it's because I want to recall it. Like when you're taking a test, you know, and you study for the test, you want to be able to recall what you've studied for and so that you can remember it during the exam. But when you're standing before God and you're facing God and you've confessed your sin, the Bible says that God, because you've confessed your sin, he chooses not to remember your sin anymore because that's the kind of God that we serve. Um, and so when we talk about uh, transgressions, we talked about um, you know, our, our general sin being like, you know, just jumping off sides. I didn't mean to do it, but now I've got a five-yard penalty. I've sinned. And then we talked about iniquity, you know, being like, uh, you know, uh, like that trash talking, you know, that kind of like, and it could be a penalty as well. But I want to talk about transgression because transgression is kind of like a personal foul. You guys got, you guys ready back there, Jacob? I'm going to show you another one. Is Tim here this morning? Oh, he's not. Because doesn't this guy, this guy Sue, I think he plays with Detroit, but does he play with Miami now? He does, okay. See, the Cowboys wouldn't let him come because he was, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Rodgers floats it, driver incomplete. And a little scrum breaks out after the play again. Flat. We'll see what this is called against, but a good stop by by Detroit, and maybe if this After is a personal play, foul against personal Detroit. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness. Defense number 90 for kicking. Number 90 is disqualified. So not only is this a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, but it will give the Green Bay Packers another shot at getting a touchdown and Sue is kicked out of the game. Well, they can argue all they want about this one but he's not going to get to play anymore this afternoon. There he is at the bottom of that pile. 
A takedown there. Yeah, that's there it is. I mean, first of all, as he's trying to get up, Dietrich Smith, he's pushing him with his with his hand on the helmet. There's the missed throw by Aaron Rodgers. Had an opportunity ball. That's his second his second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty this season. All right. Good enough. And one that you got the point, really right? All right, that, he, he meant that. I mean, he was mad. What was he was thinking in his heart came out as a personal foul. I mean, he I mean he was you know slamming the guy's head against the ground and stomping him and you know and that's what you know that's what uh, when we talk about transgression. I, you guys enjoying football this morning, by the way? <laughs> I'll try to get you some cowboy clips next week. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Uh, uh, you know, that's what a, that, that's what a uh, transgression is. I meant to do it. I knew that it was wrong. He knew that was wrong. I mean, but he's, you know, slamming the guy's head against the ground, stomping him, and that's what, you know, transgressions are. We know that it's wrong. It's like, God, I know that it's wrong. I know what your word says, but I can care less. I'm shaking my fist in, my, in God's face saying, I don't care. I don't care, God. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be unforgiveness, unforgiving. I'm not forgiving him or her for what she said. You know, I'm going to, I know your word says I shouldn't do drugs or get drunk, but I don't care, God. I'm going to do it anyway. It's like in your face to God. That's what transgression is. But listen to what the word of God says. He says, I will be merciful toward their, hear those three words again, their iniquities and I'll remember their sins no more. And I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own namesake, and I will not remember your sins. It's kind of like, kind of like the guy that went to his pastor and he said, I believe in the hereafter. And he says, what do you mean? He said, well, the older I get, I'll walk to the refrigerator or to my room, and I forget what I'm here after. You know, but God does that too. God forgets. God will forget and not remember your sins anymore. He is going to forgive your transgression, your sin, and your iniquity. And so we started out this, uh, this morning by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget not his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity. That's the first one. We'll pick up next week with the next, uh, the next one who says that he heals all of our diseases. We'll talk about that. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing to the church at, uh, writing to the church at Corinth. And while I'm just sharing this, if our prayer ministers, if you guys would just kind of come up and just kind of stand right here, in the front, all prayer ministers, deacons and elders and prayer ministers just kind of line up here. Listen to what Paul says, and you can really, if you just, I just want you to just close your eyes and just really try to hear this with your heart. He says that God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and to be reconciled to him. And that word just simply means put back the way that it once was. And that's in a, a reference to the garden. The way it used to be in the garden when God came and walked with Adam and Eve. And it says now that God has given, if you're a believer, that God has given us 
and everyone that comes into his favor, this, this, to, this, this idea that you can be reconciled to him. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer, listen, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. I'll be merciful to your sin, your unrighteousness, and your transgressions. It said, God is using us to speak to you. Listen to the heart of Paul. We beg you, as though Christ himself were pleading with you, receive the love that's speaking about Jesus that he offers you, and be reconciled, be made right with God again. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins, Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. I love that phrase that says, be reconciled to God. I want to just take a moment, if you would, just if you just bow your head and close your eyes. And this morning, maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus and you want to do that. I just want you, you know, I just, you feel like you're distant and apart from God and And maybe you've never taken that step of saying, God, I recognize that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I've been living a a life that's crazy. And I've I've tried to do it all on my own. And and I can see what it's got me. It's not got me very far. And I'm asking you, Lord, to... I want to be reconciled with you this morning. I'm asking you to forgive me my sins. And I want Jesus to come in my life. Am I talking to you this morning? If I am, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand if I'm speaking to you this morning. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, you guys can put your hands down. And, and maybe you have been walking with God. And you just, there was a fork in the road, and somewhere along the, uh, the line you took the wrong turn. And you find yourself distant and separated and apart from God. And life with God and the life that you once had, that closeness that you once had with God, you don't feel anymore. It's just like life is cold and God seems distant. And maybe even think in your own heart that God's not even caring about the problems that you're going through. Am I talking to you this morning? If I am, I want you to raise your hand. Is that you I'm talking to? You feel apart from God this morning? So I'm going to just ask you to stand and I want to pray over you. And then for those of you that raised your hand and others that you need prayer in your life, why don't you just go ahead and stand if you would please. And uh, if, you, uh, if you feel like you want prayer this morning, if you want someone to just agree with you, our prayer ministers are uh, ready, able, and willing, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in in the power of healing. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Uh, We don't believe that all of these gifts and the power passed with the apostles. I mean, uh, next week you'll find out that uh, 2,000 years, 3,000 years before Jesus even appeared on this earth, God was talking about healing his people. Not a spiritual healing. He does that as well. But he was talking about physically healing his people. And so I invite you to come. I want you to come back next week. It's a great series that we're in uh, from Psalm 103. 
And Father, we just bless you this morning. We want to just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. Father, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning, Lord. We thank you for your goodness today, your love and your tender mercies and your compassion today. God, that you do forgive our sin and our iniquity and our transgression, Father. And your word says that if we confess our sin, that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord God. Father, that uh, today, that as we confess our sins before you, you take, uh, the, the psalmist said, wash me in hyssop. Hyssop was a very uh, familiar term with the Jews. It's what they used on the day of Passover. And God instructed Moses to tell the, the children of Israel to take hyssop and dis dip it in the, in the, the uh, blood of the lamb and, and then strike the doorpost and the lintel, the header of it, and uh, uh, with, the, with the blood there, and the death angel would pass over. And the psalmist said, cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Well, today, Lord, we, we ask that you would take the hyssop uh, of your son, Jesus, Lord, and wash us, cleanse us with the cleansing power and the healing power of your son, Jesus. Lord, we pray that a great anointing of your Holy Spirit would fall upon each one of us, Lord God, and Father, that like Paul who struggled with sin, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we would be um, uh, a, a city on a hill, that we would be that lamp on the candle stand. Uh, no, we are not going to be perfect people on this side of eternity, Lord God. But Father, every day your desire is to shape us and to mold us into the image of your Son, that Lord, that you would sanctify us, Lord, that there would be this transforming process in our life. Your word says that from glory to glory, you're changing us. So our life should not today look like it looked uh, five years ago or ten years ago. There should be some evidence, some change going on in our life, Lord God. And Father, those areas that we struggle in, we just ask this morning that you would break the enemy's power over those areas in our life, Lord God. And your word says that Jesus came to set the captive free. And we pray this morning collectively, Lord God, that in our lives, Lord, where we are bound and we struggle with sin, that you would take the power and the anointing of your son Jesus and the blood of your son Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit and break sin's power and grip in our life that we can live a life that brings honor and glory to your name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.